Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello everyone, this is Scott and Kyle on Leading the Charge with Believe in Chargers, only on the Believe Podcast Network, LA's number one sports podcast network. The only place with a show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? Lots of topics to cover this week. The trade deadline has passed. The Bolts win on a last second missed field goal by the Bears, yet they fired offensive coordinator Ken Wisenhunt. Melvin Gordon scores his first touchdown of the year. Two games out of first place, do the Chargers have a shot at the division? Special guest and Chargers team reporter Haley Elwood gives us the 411. College football athletes to start getting compensated. Does that spawn another NCAA football game? We answer listener questions and make those pickums. Your scoop is here on Leading the Charge. Just a reminder that if you enjoy this show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We are available on all your favorite directories such as iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us on the web at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts on all your social media accounts. Please come find us on Twitter at TheGoodSport82 and at KyleEmmanuel51 for all your sports-specific updates, Chargers questions you may have, and every now and then and more times than I can count, a little humor. <laughs> Also, in case you are interested in some of our other programming here on the Believe Network, take a listen to the LA Football Network with hosts Ryan Deerid and Talon Graff. They are your go-to guys for all things latest on LA sports. We're also looking to promote any sponsors as well. Shoot us a DM on Twitter and we would be happy to promote your brand on the net. Now, before we get started, a little bit of Chargers history for you. The 1994 AFC champion Charger team was the only team in the NFL that year to win their first six regular season games. Their record at the time ended up being 11-5. and Now, without further ado, with me is my co-host and former Chargers linebacker, Kyle Emanuel. Kyle, what is up? I heard good things about your NDSU Bison getting that win versus the rival South Dakota. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, Scott, it was a lot of fun. Got to head down there uh, to do the pregame show. Um, It was a really good game, kind of a nail-biter, 71-yard uh, touchdown run on fourth and inches for the Bison to kind of take over that game. Uh, college game day was in town, so kind of put uh, the FCS on a national stage. So it was a lot of fun, great atmosphere, and obviously great when NDSU gets the win. Good stuff. Definitely putting them on the map like you had said. Now we'll talk Chargers a little bit. So Chargers versus Bears, 17-16 win, putting the record to 3-5, and five, giving up one sack to Khalil Mack. You can't be too mad about that, especially since it's an all-star guy like him. Rivers throwing for 201 yards, one touchdown and one pick. Melvin Gordon with eight carries for 31 yards and his first score of the year. Austin Eckler, a bit of a subpar game with three carries for three yards, two receptions for nine yards and a score. The defense, on the other hand, wow, quite the opposite this week. 
Three sacks, two by Bosa, one pick by Casey Hayward, and we know the Bosa brothers had quite an excellent weekend in their respective games. Brings the Chargers to two games out of first place since Kansas City lost this past weekend. It's a beautiful thing, people. Who would have thunk we would see the Chargers two games out of first at this point in the season, given the way things have gone the last few weeks? With us today is Chargers team reporter Haley Elwood. She currently serves as the team's preseason sideline reporter, hosts the podcast called Playmakers, which focuses on female figures in the sports world, and worked as the team's contributing writer for three seasons. Haley, thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, guys. We are more than happy to. Now, I understand that you used to interview Kyle. I did. This is like a weird kind of turning of the tables here, but uh, but I, I appreciate it. I mean, Kyle, how's how's retirement going? I will interview you and ask you that question, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Haley, you're supposed to let me do the interviewing here uh, this time, but uh, it's going well. I'm sure everyone in LA misses me dearly, <laughs> but uh, thanks for coming on. This is This is unique for me getting to interview you, so this is fun. Yeah, it's awesome. Haley, got a question for you. Bolt's got the win, but do you have any insight on why they fired Ken Wisenhunt and what they're planning on doing uh, post-Wisenhunt? Yeah, so Chargers head coach Anthony Lynn spoke yesterday. I mean, he released a statement on Monday just saying it wasn't an easy decision. It's never really about one person, but he spoke yesterday and, and just kind of reiterated that a little bit. He said it. he felt it was a change that needed to be made, and he felt like it was the time to do that. So as for what's the plan moving forward, quarterbacks coach Shane Sykin will call the plays. Lynn said, you know, he'll kind of oversee, but ultimately it's Shane's baby. Like they trust him. He's got the go. And then offensive line coach Pat Meyer will coordinate the run game. So you have a little bit of this balance here. Now, granted, you have the same players. You have probably a similar scheme. I'm not sure how much will change given this change in a given week, but but it'll be interesting. And and Coach Lynn said, you know, there was just it wasn't all on Ken. He's not blaming Ken for everything that that was, I guess I should say, with the offensive struggles. But he just felt like in regards to the run game, there's been no flow, there's been no rhythm. So it was just ultimately a time for a change in his opinion. Haley, could you talk a little bit more about uh, Shane Steichen? You know, obviously he was a guy there when I was playing, and I think you know, and I've even heard this from Philip Rivers, probably one of the smartest coaches out there. Just kind of talk about maybe you know who how he is as a coach, and I know we we talked a little bit about it, but what might be diff what might be different about this offense moving forward? Yeah, Coach Lynn talked about Shane as being, you know, he's obviously young, but he's very innovative. And when Philip got to the podium yesterday, Philip said what's been interesting about Shane is that even though he hasn't been calling plays, he's like, it's almost like he's been kind of mentally calling them in a game. So he's almost gotten that sort of those sort of mental reps just by being on the sideline and doing that. And he feels that he's very prepared for it. So he's obviously very confident. As you said, you know, Philip and Shane have a great relationship. So that's kind of I don't want to say if you want to say there could be an easy transition from this, this is probably it given their relationship, but it'll be interesting. It'll be very interesting as to as to kind of what Shane has up his sleeve and, and what he busted on Sunday against Green Bay. Now, Melvin Gordon, given his success that he's had in the past as the bell cow back on this team, they're obviously looking to score more than 19.6 points per game on average. Do you think Melvin Gordon has an increased role like he did in the past uh, from this point moving ahead? I think it'll be interesting to see what happens with the run game. And it's kind of funny because Coach Lynn got asked a similar question to this yesterday. And he said, there's this narrative that, you know, I want to run the ball. Um, And I think a lot of that just has to do with the fact that Coach Lynn was a running back. So this is his bread and butter. He knows the position very well. But he said, ultimately, he just wants to win. So I think whatever 
and whoever, I guess I should say, will be put in those positions, will be put there just to give the team the best chance to win. But he did say, you know, a lot of it is going to come down to balance, to be able to have that balanced offense, which when you can run the ball, especially on first down, say, and get like five or six yards, that really helps. And that takes a lot of pressure off of the passing game and off someone like Philip Rivers specifically. All right, Haley, let's talk a little positive here. I know it's been a it's been a rough stretch for us Chargers fans, uh, but they finally get a win uh, over the Bears. Might not have been the prettiest thing, but a win nonetheless. What did you like? Uh, what did you see from that game that you liked? And, uh, you know, maybe what's some stuff that still needs to be improved? I think in talking about things that need to be improved, obviously, you look at the ground game and I think changes that were made this week made help remedy that a little bit. I think things that I liked in that game, you can't talk about that game without talking about Joey Bosa. You really can't talk about this Chargers team over the last two weeks without talking about Joey. Even in the loss at Tennessee, he's just been such a force. And it's so interesting because me and my role with the team, you know, we obviously will stay for the media portion of practice, but then we go inside. You guys, you know, I still say you guys, like Kyle, you're here still, but Um, You practice, you finish, and then we'll come out at the end. (laughs) We have sort of the ability to come out at the end to get, you know, talk to guys, whatever we need for content purposes. I actually needed to talk to Joey yesterday about an article that I'm writing. I'm not kidding you. He is out on the field just by himself, working by himself out on that field for probably 15, 20 minutes once practice ends. And it just shows you the dedication to his craft and the time and effort that he puts in. He is just such a force out there. And, you know, it's like you said at the top, the Bosa bros, the Brosas, as Kyle Brandt from Good Morning Football called them, had a week. They were both AFC and NFC Defensive Players of the Week, I believe the first brothers to ever achieve that and I know Nick was just named I think NFC defensive player of the month for October but it is just so cool to see Joey and the success that he's had and I kind of mentioned this a couple weeks ago where in 2016 his rookie year the Chargers won 5 and 11 he didn't even play the first four games but he was defensive rookie of the year and again I just think it shows it's just such a testament to the work that he puts in and his MO and everything and he's just He's the real deal. He is just he's just such the real deal out there. And I think you can feel it. And I think guys rally around that, too. All right. Speaking of the defense, this brings me to my next question. We all know the Packers are up next with that potent offense. Kyle, maybe you can start us off. What kind of defensive scheme are we drawing up for Aaron Rodgers and that offense to prepare for this? Yeah, I mean, obviously a big challenge this week uh, going against the Packers teams. That's that's really rolling, you know, seven and one, and uh, just beat the Chiefs um, in Arrowhead. So I think to me, it's going to come down to Aaron Jones and a guy that's out of the backfield, but he's he's doing more damage catching the ball than running the ball. I think the Chargers. I think you just need to be aware of where he is. I think if you do a good job downfield. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to give him a a chance to just kind of catch the ball and do his thing. And tackling has been a little bit of an issue, at least, uh, you know, I think the nation kind of saw it against the the Steelers. So uh, tackling is uh, is always key in this Gus Bradley defense. When you play four under three deep, you have to be able to come up and tackle. So, you know, I think that I would point there. I think you also have to keep, uh, and I don't know if you can do this, but you have to keep Aaron Rodgers from kind of doing his magic. Sometimes he's creative and he gets out of the pocket and he'll do things that way and uh and make something out of nothing so the pass rush as uh you know Haley was just talking about with with Joey and and Melvin Ingram needs to be good as well and kind of keeping him uh if you can kind of rattle Aaron Rodgers and uh get that offense the ball back all right Haley your take yeah I'll add just in terms of maybe your offense being your best defense the Chargers offense sustaining drives to keep Aaron Rodgers off the field if you keep it 
guy like that and his offense off the field, and you have the ability to put points on the board because you know he's probably going to do it. They're probably going to do that. So if this Chargers offense can run the ball a little more effectively, find that balance and sustain drives, then that's also pretty much a good solution and just playing keep away with not giving the ball to Aaron Rodgers. Very true. Ball control is very important. This question is for both of you. What are you doing for Halloween this year? <laughs> I'll go first. I am first? such a failure in Halloween Ladies this first. year. I have really struggled. I think it's because we've been on the road the last two weeks. It's like, oh God, it's Halloween. It is. Um, though I will say my husband and I bought one of those Trader Joe's. Shout out Trader Joe's. has a haunted like gingerbread house. So that's on the docket for tonight. So we're going to decorate that tonight because dear Lord, if we don't do it tonight, then it's November 1st tomorrow. And what is the point at, <laughs> at that point? But uh, That's a Christmas gingerbread house? <laughs> exactly. It's a, Yeah, we may at some point skip November and then have to do it in December, but throw the little ghost cookie away or something like that. So not dressing up this year, but uh, but we will be decorating. Yeah, uh, Haley, speaking of that, I mean, if you get a chance to talk to Nick DeZuka, he's probably already decorated his house for Christmas because that guy is notorious for celebrating Christmas way too early. And I told him this every single year, that Christmas doesn't start until later when it gets cold, but it never gets cold in California, so... Anyway, you'll have to ask him about that if you get a chance. But, uh, no, I am also skipping Halloween, apparently, because my outfit uh, and the party that I'm going to is not until tomorrow, so also not October. But I'm going as Buddy the Elf, and my girlfriend is going as Jovi, who's Zoe Deschanel from the movie Elf. So uh, we're doing a little Halloween slash Christmas uh, theme with our costumes. Yeah, my fiance and I are going as Alan Peg Bundy for Married with Children. I like it. Pretty exciting stuff. I like it. Yeah. Last year, we were Morticia and Gomez, and that was a huge hit. Thanks again, Haley, for joining us. Haley Elwood, everyone. It won't be the last time she's on this show. Now, on to Pick'ems with Kyle and I. Kyle, you ready for this? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. Starting with Niners and Cardinals. I'm going Niners all the way. Yeah, I'm going Niners. They look like the best team in the in the NFL right now, them and the Patriots, so I'm going Niners. Texans at Jags in the London game. I'm going to take Texans there. <laughs> yeah, I'm going Texans as well. Uh, I think this Jags, they've found a, had a good, uh, they've done a good job of finding ways to win games, but I keep picking against them and I'm going to stay on that train. I'm going Texans. All right. Next up, Bears at your boys. Carson Wentz's Eagles. Going Eagles, home team. I'm going Eagles as well. I just don't think the Bears have enough offense. I think, you know, uh, they do have a really good defense, but I'm sticking with my guy, Carson. I'm going to Eagles. Colts at Steelers, the Pennsylvania Crosstown rivalry there from the Eagles. I'm going Colts. I am going with the upset, and I don't really know why, but I think the Steelers, at least at times this year, have looked pretty good even uh, without Ben Roethlisberger. I, I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for the upset here. I'm going Steelers. Jets at Dolphins, that's an interesting one. I'm going to go ahead and say the Dolphins get their first win. I like that pick, actually, and I never thought I'd say I like picking the Dolphins as a winner, but I think they're going to get a win at some point this year, and I think it's going to be this week. I'm going Dolphins. Vikes at the Chiefs, one of the games of the week right there. I'm going to have to go Vikings because I believe that the defense has the edge. Yeah, this is a tough one, especially if Patrick Mahomes doesn't play or if he does or doesn't play kind of affects the pick. Mm-hmm. But we're, we're picking now, and uh, I on my radio show, I picked the Vikings, so I'm going to stick with that. I'm going Vikings. 
All right, next up, Tennessee at Carolina. I'm going to say Carolina rebounds this week from that awful loss to the 49ers. Christian McCaffrey runs all day. I'm going to agree with you. I think they they were a little bit embarrassed out in San Francisco, and I think they're a better team than they showed. I'm going to go Panthers. Another upset special coming at you, Redskins at the Bills. I'm going to say the Redskins may take this one. I actually like that pick. I think uh, if there was going to be an upset, I'm not completely sold on this Bills team. They they kind of showed that last week, getting beat by the Eagles. Um, having said that, I'm still picking the Bills. <laughs> All right, you and your trickery. <laughs> Buccaneers at Seahawks. I'm taking home team Seahawks there, and Winston still has lots of work to do. Yeah, I agree. I I'm not uh I'm not bought in on Jameis Winston. He's too up and down Seahawks. Lions at the Raiders. I'm going to go Lions. I will go Lions as well. I think they are a, a better team than their record shows. I think they get a win this week. And yours truly, Packers at Chargers. I'm going to have to take the Packers in this one. They're showing no signs of slowing down. Yeah, and I'm uh I'm probably accused of being a homer here, but I'm going Chargers, my my former team. Uh, I got, I mean, part of it's I just got too many buddies and on this team to pick against them. But I I still believe, and and regardless of if I had friends, and I still believe this team is talented enough to get on a run, and I think that run could start now. Obviously, a really tough game against a good Packers team. Chargers are gonna have to do a really good job of holding onto the ball. Haley mentioned it earlier, but they got beat thirty eight minutes to 22 minutes in time of possession last week against the Bears. That's got to change or they will not win this game. But I'm going Chargers. Fair enough. And yes, I truly believe, like what Haley said, uh, ball control is going to be everything in this game. And as long as the Chargers can keep the ball out of Rodgers' hands and sustain enough defense to stop them, four downs, I think they'll get it done as well. Browns at the Broncos. I'm going with the away team here. The Browns have a lot to prove, and I believe Baker Mayfield gets his third win of the season. Yeah, Baker in the in the news again in the media, uh, having some issues with the reporter. I think he is motivated. I think the Browns somehow find a way to win this game. I think it's kind of a toss-up game for me, but I think the Browns find a way. This one's a bit of a tricky one. This is another game of the week. Patriots at the Ravens. Patriots finally playing a team with a winning record. I'm going to still take the Patriots. Yeah, this is going to be their toughest test yet. And I don't think the Patriots go undefeated. So kind of like the Dolphins, I think they have to find a win. I think the Patriots are going to lose eventually. And I'm going to pick it this week. I'm going the upset again. I'm going Ravens. Upset special for our man, Kyle. And lastly, dun, 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 dun. Monday night football Cowboys at the giants. I'm going upset. I'm going to say the giants win this. Ooh, I like it. Uh, except I don't like it because I'm picking the Cowboys. They, they, they win three, then they lose three. Now they've won one. I think they get on a little bit of a roll here, and I think they get the win. All right. Well, both teams clearly need work. That NFC, what are we going to call it, the NFC least? It's definitely the worst division in football right now. That works. Yeah. All right. Next up, trade deadline has passed. Now, was there anything that surprised you? At the deadline, I was more surprised that there weren't more moves that were made. What about you? Yeah, well, to me, it's one of those. I was surprised at some of the people that 
that did stay put with their teams. There were still a lot of moves. I think in general this has been, and maybe I just wasn't paying attention to it before, but I think this has been one of the the more frequent trade or deadlines that we've had with, with a lot of trades happening. Leonard Williams to the Giants was kind of surprising to me. Uh, he's a former first-round pick for the Jets. The Jets were also shopping around Jamal Adams, and he's staying put. So and Le'Veon Bell. So that's that locker room. Uh, I don't. I'm glad I'm not a part of that locker room right now. Um, so yeah, I think the, the uh, there has been some surprises of some people who have stayed, but there's been a lot of trades. The Rams also traded a keep to leaving a fifth round pick to Miami for a future. I think they're trying to dump a little salary cap right there. So uh, a lot of things happening, and uh, also Trent Williams with the Redskins sounds like he's going to hold end his holdout, but he also does not get traded. Yes, and he also did not pass his physical, so uh, we'll see what happens in D.C. right there. But D.C. has a lot to celebrate, though, after winning the World Series, huh? Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, that's really awesome for the Nationals. You know, start. I, know I watched their first playoff game, and it kind of looked like they were going to lose in the wild card and not even get a chance to make this run. So big props to the Nationals, and congratulations on a World Series victory. Yeah, and the funniest part with the whole thing is that former national Bryce Harper in the beginning of the season. I don't know if you remember this or not, but his first press conference as a Philly, he said, we're going to bring a championship back to DC on accident. I do remember that. And I think it's hilarious because they obviously didn't have near the success with Bryce Harper. And then he leaves says that. And uh, (laughs) I mean, technically he was right. He just wasn't a part of it. Exactly. A comment like that. Bryceless. Ha, 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 ha. well. I crack myself up sometimes. All right. Now, college athletes are going to start getting paid. Do you agree or disagree with this? Scott, this is something I've been uh, kind of campaigning for, I guess you could say, since I was in school, just because... And I, and I think when you look at this topic, people that are disagreeing are people that never played college sports. And a lot of people... or I don't know if I've found a person who's played in college any sport who who disagrees with this and because they realize all the time you put in they realize they see all the money that everyone else is making and i get it that i look i get it that a, a college scholarship is worth something but to me that's their salary so so this new law or this rule by the ncaa this is not saying that colleges are going to pay athletes they're not getting a salary they're not getting signing bonuses anything like that all it is saying is that if if an athlete wants to go out and shoot a commercial or someone wants to give them 50 bucks to promote something on their Instagram, they can do that. They are able to. That is how every human in the United States operates. They operate under that same law. And the fact that people are getting upset about it um, because, you know, they think it's going to change recruiting or I, I just don't get it. I think you have to do what's best for the athlete. You have to give the athlete the best choice or at least a chance to make. It. I mean, at the end of the day, the best colleges with the most money are probably still going to get the best recruits, right? And and recruits are going to have to make a decision, and that's exactly how it is today. So I'm 100% in, uh, in agreement with uh, this new rule, and I think it's awesome for athletes now that they're not have to worry about going hungry or if they want they can make some money, maybe get their family to come to a game, things like that, that they've had to struggle with the past. Now they no longer have to. Sure, and for all of us NCAA video game fans, do you think that could spawn another video game? Yeah, that well, I'm hoping so. And I don't see why not, because, you know, it's just like Madden, uh, you know, NFL players get paid a, a certain amount of money for, for the Madden game for image and likeness. I think now you send out a little uh, a check that gets divided evenly 
between every team that is on that game. And I, so I don't see why not. That I think that game should come back. I think that's good for everyone. Time for listener questions. Ron from Hawthorne asks, do the Chargers have a shot at the Chiefs with a hobbled Pat Mahomes or Matt Moore? Kyle, your take. Yeah, we've talked a lot about this, and I still think Mahomes comes back earlier than uh, than what was expected. But at the end of the day, to me, it's going to come down to divisional games and and winning, and also winning AFC games. It doesn't matter if Mahomes is playing or not. I still think it's going to come down to you know the Chargers have only played one divisional game so far. They need to win those. I think they need to. They're they're zero and one. I think they need to go probably four and two at least so can maybe lose one to have a shot at this division. So, you know, like we've been saying, uh, you know, for the past couple of weeks, it's an uphill climb, but they have everything in front of them and uh, they definitely have a shot at this division. I believe the Chargers have a shot at this point. Now, if they lost to the Bears, I would say it was looking pretty bleak, but anything's possible at this point. I think the Chargers have a new reason for life in terms of, you know, playing for something at the end of the season. And we'll see what they do from here. But I truly believe that uh, they definitely got a shot and they got the Chiefs coming up in just a few weeks in that Mexico City game. Christine from Mammoth Lakes asks, now that we know Melvin Gordon is not being traded, what is his outlook for the year? Yeah, another good question. Something we've, uh, you know, we've talked about a, a little bit on here, but I think that's going to be something that's interesting to that'll that'll play out with Shane Steichen taking over as the new play caller on offense. That's you know, it's no secret. That's something that needs to be figured out ever since Melvin's come back. Um, the offense has been a little stagnant, but I do, I still think, and I keep saying this, but I still think Melvin and and Austin can be really good complements to each other. They're they're both really talented, but they're both different enough that they can kind of help out the team in different situations. So. I still think they can figure something out offensively, those two guys, and and uh, like I said earlier, uh, find a way to get on a run here. So do you think we're going to see a 50-50, 60-40, uh, ratio in snaps uh, from Gordon to Eckler or what? Yeah, I think 60-40, maybe 50-50 is, is fine. I think um, Melvin gets more of the kind of down hitter inside runs because that's more of the type of back he is. And then Austin, you can kind of throw in whenever you need him to. He's really good third down back. If Melvin needs a break, he can be a first down back too. He, he can come in whenever. So I think it's more about not necessarily having a pitch count at the beginning of the game, just finding a rhythm with the two and finding something that works. Well, I also like the fact that Eckler can uh, stick out as a wide receiver, too, because he does that almost every game, which is great. Russ from Irvine asks, when does this Charger defense start to invoke fear? No better person to ask than Kyle Emanuel. Yeah, it's a that's a good question. I think we're starting to see it. Uh, Haley talked about it at the top of the show, and, and well, you did too, Scott. But just how how good Joey Bosa has been the last couple of weeks, and uh, getting Melvin Ingram back has been a big part of that. I think this defense has done a, a pretty good job of not allowing uh, a ton of points. They have been giving up a, a, um, a decent amount of yards to teams, and even Trubisky, who you know, everyone's criticizing. He had a, an okay game, actually, other than turning the ball over. But um, they still need to be able to get off the ball in third down. They were better in the red zone against the Bears. Uh, Bears going one for five in the red zone. So it's starting to come. It, it really is. And if especially if you can get a pass rush going, teams are going to be, you know, they're going to be cautious of having uh, Bosa and Ingram off the edge. Bosa is definitely the key to this defense. Steph, you know, uh, cutting through the offensive lines and getting those sacks. And then once our safeties and 
defensive backs start making plays, you know, it's all over from there. But guys are starting to get healthy, and that's most important right now. Well, that's our show for you today, folks. First of all, I want to thank Haley for coming on the show. Would love to have her back. Kyle, as always, it's been a pleasure, and it's awesome. Great having you here and uh, discussing football. Yes, Scott, always a pleasure. Great doing this every week. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with more episodes for Leading the Charge. I'm Scott. And Kyle. Good night. For listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.